Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 24th episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti, and by profession, I am a licensed clinical social worker. In this podcast, I share tips on how to build confidence as you transition and maintain your natural hair by way of sharing my own story and lessons that I've learned along the way in my own natural hair journey. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. So welcome. This is episode number two out of seven. Um, So I recorded a series with Katie Rodriguez last year in 2021 while she um, transitioned from being a loose natural to getting micro locks. And initially we were wanting to record an episode once a month, but life happens and it didn't work out that way. So in the recording, you'll hear us say, we're going to record an episode every month. It's really seven. It didn't turn out to be 12. But I think that as I'm re-listening to these episodes, seven is enough. <laughs> and I hope that you enjoy it just as much as I have in re-listening to them. Hello, Kylie. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. So welcome to month two. I'm telling you, welcome like you haven't already been here. How has your second (laughs) month of this lock journey been treating you? So the second month has been interesting. Um, Not as breezy as the first because it's about time to get a retie. I actually have my first retie scheduled on Wednesday. And I think it's a little bit longer than than recommended. I guess that's about seven weeks or so. I don't know. Time has been flying by. and I was the plan was originally for me to do that, do it myself <laughs> um, <I remember> that. <laughs> yeah, then I then I tried to do that. And I like combined a couple locks and I only did a few. Um, I combined a couple. But then I also some of my I think I told you I got some extensions around the nape area where I had yeah. texture issues. Those have been slipping out because little did I know that hair is like some of the softest hair that I have. So I said, all right, I need to get someone to fix all of this and, um, you know, and really teach me how to do that. So it hasn't been as easy breezy as I guess you could say that that first month was. I'm about, what, six six weeks in now or so. And the person who I've decided to go to, um, she said my hair it it seems to be growing like pretty quickly. So I might need to go more like do four weeks instead of the typical six weeks. So, so I heard like, you this person that I, I found. So are you not going back to the person that installed them? Oh, no. Yeah. She's in New Orleans and I'm in New Jersey. So no, so I'm not going back to New Orleans. Um, the establishment was like the important thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just with the grid and the sizing and all of that. So this person's in New Jersey. She's just going to maintain and then, then fix that part with the where the locks were slipping in, in the back. So I, and I'm not even going to get any extensions in the back. I'm just going to go with the texture as it is and pray for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I felt exactly. that when you said pray for the best because it's yeah. like that sometimes. It's like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you said, you have multiple textures. I have multiple textures too. And I don't even think some of it isn't even heat damage issues. It's just how it grows out of my head. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big thing to highlight that your hair won't be the same texture all around. So whether you're a loose natural, you're getting locked, 
Mm-hmm. Um, or wear braids, twists. Pay attention to the texture so that you style it in a way that is flattering to the hair that you have. Because right. when you learn that it's not the same, it's like you're trying to manipulate to you're trying to manipulate your hair to do something that it just won't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that was my plan. That's why I said, let me get the extensions to try to even out the texture and the lengths and the this and the that. But my hair in many ways does what it wants to do. So so we're going to see. We'll see what month three brings. <laughs> okay. And I'm excited for that recording. So we're going to be recording once a month for mm-hmm. the next um, 10 months that, or 10 episodes rather that we have mm-hmm. together. Um, and I'm excited to share this because like when we when we re-listen to this months from now, I'm curious as to where you would be and what do you feel like, not what, but in what areas you feel like you've um, evolved. So my next question is, is there anything specifically that you've noticed in this past month? Um, anything that I've noticed, I, I, I think it's really just more of me just be, becoming even more aware of how like attached I am to my hair <laughs> because I, you know, I'm, I'm easily frustrated by it. And um, I, I'm not the type of person that can just be like, oh, like one, I, I went to two consultants to get, uh, to, t- to talk about the retightening and everything. And uh, she's, the first one just said, well, I recommend you don't, don't do the, the extensions again, don't redo them. Just let your hair do what it does. I'm like, I don't just let it do what it does. Like, we're not just going to be walking around here looking crazy. <laughs> so um, I just noticed more of that, that that um, I'm not this free, whatever, you know, chop my hair off. Like, I'm just, that's just not me. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So some, so part of the reflection, at least what I'm hearing is, you know, I'm being honest with myself about what I like and what I don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's big. And I think, you know, just accepting, accepting that and accepting you yourself um, and, and, and not trying to change, you know, just to be like, this is the way it should be and this and that. I'm not going to say I am my hair. I'm not going to say that. That's a little extreme. But the 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 song like I am not my hair I get India's purpose and the message behind it um, but I also feel like in many ways our hair is a reflection of us and so I'm going to just accept that about me and not act like I'm unbothered by it. <laughs> I like that you said what it should look like because mm-hmm. what it should look like according to who and if this is the way that it should look like for you then that's the way that it should be period. Right. And, and the, the, what the it, the it is my relationship with my hair. <laughs> That's the it, what it should like look like. You know, it is what it is. And I'm all right with that. Okay. <laughs> what do you feel? So in, in the same line of um, this conversation about like, okay, well, what, what did you notice? What do you feel your hair has taught you? Or rather like what transferable skills did your hair teach you that you can apply to like other areas of your life? And I have a story with this one. Okay. Um, you know, I, I want to come back to that because I had another thought about the first one, the first mm-hmm. question you just asked. And I don't even know how this ties in, but I had an interesting, I had a conversation with a male friend of mine mm-hmm. and it made me um, 
just think about my relationship with my hair and in in black people and why we do the things we do and, and all of that. So if it's relevant. So basically I told him, you know, he, he knew I had the locks or whatever. And he was like, you know, I like this version of Kaidi. He's very pro-black. Nice. And um, he's very pro-black. He's like, I like this, this version of Kaidi. And then um, he said, locks are a political, they're a political statement. And I was like, well, what kind of statement? What, what do you mean? How is it a political statement? He was like, it's just it's just a statement that says black <laughs> and I'm and, you know, I'm black and I'm proud and this and that. And for me, I'm not trying to make a political statement <laughs> like I'm just doing what works for me. And him and I, we have these conversations all the time about black people being able to do what works for them versus doing what they should, you know, to appear black enough and to yeah. be part of the collective and the advancement and this and that. And I feel like for me, my lock journey is not about trying to make a political statement or trying to prove my blackness in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's because I like it because I've chosen it. And I think for me, that's, I think that's even better to yeah. say that a black person chose this because it's what uh, authentically um, works for them versus they're trying to do something or say something. So that's just something I noticed um, that I would never have noticed if I hadn't, you know, had this hairstyle and hadn't been having these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. so like people imposing in some ways, like, well, what does this really mean for you? And it's like, oh, no, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see where it can be. And I'm, I'm glad to make it like, I'm glad that it can say that, but it's also not me trying to do that. And I think, you know, you just doing authentically what works for you is that's, that's what black people need to do. They need to be trying to purposely make statements like just be who you are and do what makes you happy yeah yeah and that statement seems so simple and i'm curious as to um challenges that exist systemically that make it hard for people to just be because to your friend's point about it being a political statement Mm -hmm. i was reading the book um ah, what is it called you are your best thing um Mm. is the the anthology with Brene Brown. Um, okay. Let me go get it because I'm looking right <laughs> at it, but I want to read the whole thing so I do it. I hadn't even heard of it. So, You Are Your Best Thing Vulnerability, Shame, Resilience, and the Black Experience is an anthology mm-hmm. with Brene Brown. And um, oh, this is the one with Duran and Lavigne yes. and oh, all of them. Is mm-hmm. in it. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I can appreciate about speaking to the part about vulnerability, specifically in, in Duran's chapter, she talks about like just being audacious to just show up as yourself. Mm-hmm. And in being audacious about just showing up or being able to show up as yourself, there's privilege in that because not all spaces are safe. Right. So like when you think about vulnerability, it's like, well, am I safe to be vulnerable in this space so that I can truly be myself? And if the answer is no, um, it makes me sad that people can't show up at the, as themselves, but it makes sense why they don't. Right, right, and I and I I agree, and I realize that with having this style, that there may be some prejudgments, or there may be some you know preconceived notions, or there might be I don't want to say closed doors, um, but 
you know, we talked about it in the last session that, you know, dating and certain men, you know, they're not going to, it's not going to be their thing. And I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, because this is, this is, you know, me being able to choose what works for me and that just being my natural, the state of my natural hair, um, I'm willing to give up whatever doesn't, isn't in alignment with that. So, you know, going back to the political statements, in, in some ways it is, um, and I guess for anybody to choose what is natural to them, especially for a Black person to choose what is natural to them is naturally going to be a, a political statement in, in, in one way or another. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you for sharing. So in that, what transferable skill in any way that comes up for you? Because you mentioned a second story. Um, yeah. What transferable skill has your hair been teaching you in this month that you can use like in other areas of your life? Yeah, so, um, well, one thing is that I have to be patient um, because I am, and, and I, you know, I'm knowing this, but again, I'm learning, I'm learning and seeing it even more. Um, I have to be patient because as I was starting to have the issues with the extensions in the back and then not being able to figure out how to, you know, retie it myself. Cause I looked at the videos. It looks so easy. Like it should be one, two, three, like, like what, this is not complicated at all. And then I tried to do it. And I was, oh gosh. Um, and so I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. Maybe I might not make it through my year and then I'm gonna have to tell Nidia about it. <laughs> I'm going to be a fail. About it. We would have talked about it. Cause I think that's important. It's mm -hmm. like, we see things and they look easy. It's right. Like, I can do that. But like, I know I'm not a hairstylist, mm -hmm. at least not by profession. I'm not is what right. I learned along the way. So yeah, patient. Yeah. So I have to be patient and um, give myself time and be okay with it not being perfect. You know, um, yeah, that's, that's just that's what I'm observing right now. So it's going to teach me patience, especially almost having 500 locks um, oh, yeah. and trying to retie them myself because, so I'm going to go to the person, um, the loctician for this retie, but then the next couple, I'm going to be traveling um, out of the country. So I'm going to have to figure it out. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> we'll so see. I'll share, I'll share my story and hopefully, um, it'll give you some support in maybe how to how to use this next appointment to your benefit. So prior to this recording, I shared that um, I was taught how to do a twist out. And I've had my natural hair for like 13 years now, or I've been natural for 13 years, no chemically straightening. And, um, but I've had heat damage and I'm in the process of like cutting off some of that straight hair. But in, I, I found my new stylist from, well, she actually was a stylist at the old salon that I used to go to in Brooklyn. So now, Brooklyn, New York. So now she lives in Atlanta. And I went to her her salon suite and she taught me how to do a twist out. Now, at the time I'm thinking like, Shar, I know how to do a twist out. You don't need to teach me how to do this. Now, one of the lessons that I learned is like, you can learn something new about the way you've been doing something in a way that's more effective than the way that you've been doing it in the past. So mm -hmm. twist outs, I've been doing for some time. I know, or at least I thought, I knew what products work best. I knew what products to use in what order and what techniques to use to achieve said look. 
clearly I wasn't doing it all that well because my hair changes. Like the texture is different and the way that it falls and grows is different. So a style that worked well when my hair was a teeny weeny Afro is not the same way that I'm going to style my hair when I have some more length. So like what it taught me was you can learn some new shit. <laughs> you can learn something new. And it's not to say that the way you've been doing it is horrible, but it's also not working for where you are right now. So like what I learned was that flexibility and allowing myself to be taught something. So it took me being at that appointment, literally at her chair, and she's walking me through what she's doing and showing me what she's doing so that I can do it at home. So right. at your appointment, pay attention to those parts in the back where it was like, well, what am I doing? Like, am I holding the hook in a certain way? Like, what would be an easier way to do this? Mm-hmm. And also, um, this part is unsolicited, but even timing yourself, because I heard you say 500 and like- You said even what? Oh, no, I was saying even timing yourself. So oh. I'm I'm talking about a twist out. A twist out is not going to take nearly as long as um, interlocking 500 locks. Yeah. So right. like timing yourself, like maybe sections or, you know, I'll start here or work my way there. But use that appointment and ask, ask them questions while they're doing it. Because so that helped me. There's like dogs oh, barking. I apologize. <laughs> so just for our listeners. So Kaidi is holding her puppy. <laughs> and they're growling right now. So she's like, sorry. And it's like, oh, they can't see that. No, I have, I have, I have, I have my dog in my lap. And then outside there's dogs that are passing by that are barking and that's making her go off. So <laughs> she's like, hey, friends. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely going to have to pay attention, especially for the bag. I mean, I'm going to have to get a whole lesson because I came in like it. Well, and I think that's another lesson. Like, you look at something thinking that it's easy, you know, you look at someone who's been doing something for so long and you say, oh, it's easy. You just tie it in there and, you know, crochet or whatever. I can do that. But it takes time to learn and to become good at, at it's like a skill. Um, and for me, that that's often a part of my, um, a part of, that's, that's a part of the process that I have to remember because in a lot of things that I do in life, I get frustrated when I don't see results right away. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was like selling my book or marketing like a new group or something that I'm doing for my business. If people don't respond right away, then I get frustrated and say, okay, it's just not gonna work. But, you know, and, and sometimes that might be in comparison to somebody else who has been doing it for a while, or, you know, they've they've taken courses or what, I don't know what their process is, but you know, a lot of times people have been, they've been going and educating themselves and practicing for a while. So they're able to do it real quick and real easy and make it look great. But for me, I'm just going in there looking, thinking like, oh, I can do this. And I got, I got surprised. I have no clue. (laughs) So I'm going to learn though. I'm going to have to. You mentioned that you're going to travel. So for our third um, podcast, it will be international. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our first yeah. international podcast recording. I'm excited for that. I'm yeah, excited. I'm excited. I'm, like, I'm nervous too. I'm more so nervous right now. I just did a consultation with um, like this kind of like digital nomad expert. She was she's been traveling for like 12 years, and so she gave me all the hacks and things I need to get done before I leave. So it's like a long list of things I need to do to just be 
prepared safety-wise and tech-wise and all those things. Um, and I know like once I get there and I'm there and I'm experiencing the new culture and place and all that, then I'm gonna be excited. I'm excited for you. I'll mm-hmm. ask where you're going in the third episode. Let's keep it a surprise. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like our viewers to know about month two that has been significant for you? Hmm. No, I think we pretty much covered it. It's like that the frustration is starting early, but I'm also, you know, in the midst of the frustration, I'm telling myself it's a journey. (laughs) And so with the journey, you know, there's going to be a challenging parts of the journey. So if I can get through this, then I can get to the place where my hair is fully locked. And then I have some of the length that I want and everything. Um, but it's a matter of sticking through it. I do have volume that I'm enjoying right now. (laughs) That's beautiful. So before we wrap up, and this is like a segment that we'll do it every episode. What's Mm -hmm. something new that you learned this month? What's something that you relearned? And what's something that you unlearned? And all of them don't need answers, but anything that comes up for you, any Mm -hmm. gems that you can share with the audience. Yeah. I think, I think, like I said, it goes back to that, um, the wanting the quick, quick results. Mm-hmm. And that, that happens too, when you're a person that, you know, has had some success in different things. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, then you quit, you expect quick, quick results sometimes. Um, and so unlearning that it's going to be instant and, um, you know, that it's going to even, even with something like your hair, that is going to be easy. This is just a, you know, little, I don't want to say like a microcosm of the, the rest of my world, but, you know, I think it definitely applies. Mm-hmm. So being patient and taking my time, that's going to be the move. Yeah. I love that you said like um, people that have experienced success. So mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with one of my girlfriends and one of the things that she said was, that for people that are successful, we tend to use the same tools in all areas. And it's just like, you can't Mm -hmm. use the same tools everywhere. So what works for Mm -hmm. you in one space, you think, oh yeah, that's easy because I've done it before. So I can just do it here. And it's just like, "Mm -mm." right. (laughs) This this good skill that you have in one space may not be the, the necessary skill to support you in another area. So in that flexibility is learning that there's multiple ways to get to the goal and you can use different avenues to get there and still do it well. Right. Yeah. Our hair can teach us a lot, huh? It really can. (laughs) It really, really can. Thank you so much for being here for month two. And I look forward to talking to you in month three. My pleasure. Hopefully I'll still have hair on my head. (laughs) Absolutely. Safe travels and we will definitely touch base soon. All right. Thank you, Nidia. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.